welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eber Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about Napier. Is it a good place to invest? So what I've done is I've gone away and I've looked at about the 13 different factors <laughs> we look at, specifically when reviewing an area. And we've got all of the data in front of us. We're going to go through it, tell you honestly what we think about it. Now, Andrew, my favourite question before we start these episodes, what do you know about the uh, Napier property market? You, you do this to search me out. Well, you you knew that this topic t- was coming. So Napier, I've been to, I think, a grand total of zero times. Maybe once. Maybe we once did a property investment seminar there oh, with, the, with the Property <laughs> Investors Association only about three months Sorry. ago. I've definitely been there once. Sorry. And we had dinner at that lovely place by the, by the water the out Blue there. Blue Whale. Yeah, that's what it was. The blue whale, I remember, because you and Lauren argued about the fact that it wasn't this one. That we were looking for the grand whale. I was like, there's not two whale restaurants on the same street. Well, stop your waffling. Tell us what anyway, you know about the Napier property you know, market. Nothing at all. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, Ed, tell us about Napier. So first of all, the model that I love to run is how over or undervalued is it compared to where house prices historically have been? And look, that, just to explain this for any new listeners of the show, that what we do is we say, okay, maybe if on average Napier house prices have been about, say, half of New Zealand's house price, well, where does it sit compared to that? Well, if Napier house prices are currently 60% of the New Zealand house price, would say, sweet, it's overvalued. If they're below that, hey, it's looking pretty cheap. It's a bit undervalued at the moment. As of today... Napier house prices about 6% overvalued compared to where we'd expect them to be. Now, that means that there are about 38 other council areas which are less overvalued than Napier. So 38 ones that would say, okay, their house prices are looking a bit more reasonable compared to their long-term averages. Now, that puts it in the top half of most overvalued areas in the country. But of course, there's just one part to look at. The other thing we often look at is population growth. Now, I'm going to hide your notes, Andrew. How many people do you think live across Napier City and Hastings? Oh, I hate you so much. 75,000. No! <laughs> you love me and you know it. About 142,000. Oh, I was going to go 100, but then I thought that seems too high. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the only reason I ran that number was because it was much higher than I thought it was going to be as well. Like, to give you an example, if we look at Tauranga and the surrounding district, which is Western Bay of Plenty, there's about 180,000 people living in that area up in the Bay of Plenty, whereas in the Hawke's Bay, it's a bit less than that, but it's still a lot of people, 142 odd thousand. So it's a pretty chunky city all up. But what's interesting is that Napier's population is only expected to expand by about 5% over the next 25 years. Now that is significantly slower than the country as a whole, which is expected to have about just shy 25% population growth. Now, what I'm just trying to point out there is while we expect that, yep, okay, we're going to see some increase in that population in Napier City, it's not going to be as quick as the country as a whole. And actually, it puts it about bang in the middle for the average council area. Now, Andrew, just walk us through why we actually care about population growth. Well, look, at the end of the day, if you've got more people moving there, then there's more demand for houses to buy and houses to rent. 
Yep, and if we see an increase in demand because more people are moving there, demand for property, hey, we could use that as a bit of a proxy to say, are we going to get some capital growth in the future? Now, it is worth pointing out that when we've run the numbers in the past, you could actually still have a council area like Ruapehu, where you have declining populations, but you still see positive house price growth. Yeah, but of course, it is something that you definitely want to th- think. You don't want to take this as the only reason to invest in an area, but it's probably something that you want to be thinking about. Yeah, and so when you look at St Napier, being average, I would probably say, look, this isn't a positive or a negative for the area, given that you have 5% increase, but it's not huge compared to other areas. It's neither a pro nor a con in this instance, because it's not like it's declining. It's actually going to be relatively static. The last thing I want to talk about in terms of the housing market, before we talk about the Hawke's Bay more generally and the economy, so we can get an assessment of whether we think, hey, the Hawke's Bay has got some good economic legs or doesn't, is just how much house prices are there at the moment. So it is true that the average property value in Napier is about 13%, 14% cheaper than the rest of New Zealand. So average house price there is about 880 k and that compares to just over a million dollars for the rest of the country. Just to put that in context, that means it's about the same as Nelson, Northland or Waikato. So if you're planning on investing in one of those other three areas and you're thinking, okay, is Napier going to be more expensive? Is it going to be cheaper? Well, no, it's going to be about the same as Nelson and Northland. But it's going to be more expensive than somewhere like Canterbury, Gisborne or Taranaki. So if you're a bit more budget constrained and you're thinking, you know what, can't afford to buy in a city like Napier, well, that's where you might go for one of those more affordable regions. But at the same time, it's going to be less expensive compared to Auckland, Wellington and Tauranga, which are the most expensive cities in New Zealand. Well, what about things like crime? I'll tell you what, would you believe it? I did end up running the stats on crime for Napier. But what I can tell you is that when I was there not what long do you mean ago, you didn't. I didn't run the stats, but I do have a crime that I know that happens at <laughs> Napier, okay. which is when I was last there, it was for like the Art Deco Festival. When you and I were there. No, no, no. Oh, that's you've just, forgotten it as well, have you? No, that's just what I happened to wear. That wasn't for the Art Deco Festival. <laughs> but I tell you, when I was there for it, my tight pants were a bloody crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I apologise to anybody who saw me walking down the street. <laughs> And actually, just while we're on that, that is something that's quite interesting. And you'll appreciate this, Andrew, as somebody from Christchurch. Because Napier had those terrible earthquakes in the early 1900s, quite a lot of the city's architecture was rebuilt in the modern style at the time, the Art Deco style. And so you see specifically down the main street, there is so much revivalist Art Deco architecture. And actually, there are streets that you sometimes get toured around where you go through and see the Art Deco houses that that are still up and people are living them and having a great time. So I suppose that's something a wee bit interesting, specifically about Napier properties. So if I was to summarise where we've got to before we move into the economic factors, you know, housing market, a bit overvalued, population growth, nothing to write home about. What about the inventory? Well, also about how many properties are on the market. Well, there's about 473 listings on Trade Me at the moment in Napier. Now, over the last 12 months, average of about 90-odd properties sold within the region per month. Now, that suggests there's about 23 weeks of inventory on the market right now. Look, that's pretty bang on with the regional average of about 22 weeks and only slightly below the long-term average of about 26 weeks. So it's one of those times where you know I start running the numbers and just it's not that it's necessarily bad, 
but there's nothing standing out to me about the property market specifically. And so just to give the game away before we look at the economic factors, I think, you know, I'd never say do not invest in this region unless it was the West Coast or you're buying a growth <laughs> property in Wellington right now. But I think you'd have to get a pretty good deal for it to be really attractive because you're going to be investing in the deal as opposed to investing for the reason of an attractive property market at any one time. Should we dig across into the economic factors? Let's. <laughs> don't sound like you don't want to do it. I know you want to hear about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, better? Andrew. Much better. So i got to tell you, the Hawke's Bay, is not one of the more productive regions in New Zealand. So it's actually got the fourth lowest output per capita in the country. Now, I was a bit surprised by that because when you think about Napier's industries, what, what comes to mind, Andrew? Wine, probably. <laughs> Classic you, but also, you know, a lot of fruit well, growing. Fr- yeah, yeah, fruit and wine. <laughs> a, a cheese platter and wine. <laughs> Look, it's late in the day. That's what comes to mind. It's 8.30 in the morning. What are you talking about? So, and one of the other things I just want to point out is that the Hawke's Bay has actually been falling in the rankings. GDP per capita, again, it used to be pretty consistently eighth place when you rank all of the regions. It slipped back into 12th place where it is today. And so, you know, again, if I'm looking for standout factors, in 2020, Taranaki was the highest GDP per capita, followed by Wellington, Auckland, then Marlborough. Sometimes you look at a small region and there are some really redeeming factors. This is just kind of more middle of the road kind of data that I'm looking at at the moment. But one of the things that I want to point out that is true for most smaller cities, and I I think I found a good way to explain this, so let me attempt it. Like most of the regions, you have an older population in Napier and in the Hawke's Bay generally. And what you tend to see, and it's very interesting, is if you look at the proportion of people under 14 in these smaller regions, often it mirrors the rest of the country. So you have the same amount of like young kids running around the streets as everywhere else in the country when you look at it on a percentage basis. But then what you see is you have fewer working age people. So again, if we look at the number of people in Napier that are aged 15 to 64, good working age, you have fewer of them in these smaller regions, but then you have more 65 pluses. So hang on, what are all these oldies doing with kids? Well, no, I think what that's probably about is that you see a lot of single people move away from these regions in order to go find some work opportunities, right. and then perhaps they move back and they have larger families. The cost Sorry of, to anyone that's listening that's 65 or older. Yeah, no. Congratulations but, on getting Spotify to work. By the way, if only someone could give Helen, my mother-in-law, some advice on that. But in this case, what you'd see is people moving back, having larger families because the cost of living is, is right. lower. You know, whereas Auckland might be full of 18 to, say, 30-year-old single people or people in relationships who just haven't happened to have kids yet. Now, the reason I say this is really important is when you have a lot of old people and you have fewer, on average, working age people, the demographics can get interesting. For instance, in Napier, and I want I want you to listen to this because this is important. Listen, please. I'm listening. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Martha, who's too busy at the gym on the squat rack. In Napier, you've got 3.1 working age people per retiree. 15 to 64 working age people per retiree. For New Zealand as a whole, it's 4.3. Now, in Auckland, where you've got a lot of younger people, a lot of people move for work, you've actually got 5.6 working age people per retiree. Now, if I was just to say that another way, just to to really let this sink in for you, that means there's about 1.8 times more pensioners 
per work against people in Napier compared to Auckland. I'm just trying to point out that in these smaller oh, regions... the traffic must be worse than Auckland. But I think that's just something important to, to kind of put into context. And this is true for a lot of smaller regions. Now, look... Any one factor on its own is not enough yes. to say that's a bad place to invest or it's a good place to invest. But when we take all of these factors together, we run our analyses on 13 factors minus crime in this one, so 12 <laughs> in this instance, and we build up a picture. And again, I come back to what I said before. I don't think Napier is necessarily a bad place to invest, but I do think that you wouldn't be investing there because you're like, oh my God, this is the We've property got to get market. In there. We've got to get in. You wouldn't be saying, this is the place that has got such good investment fundamentals, I'm going to invest there. But of course, you know, if you are investing over the long term and you're able to take advantage of maybe this not being the opportune time, then if you can get a really good deal, then it might make sense. I think it'd have to be a pretty spectacular deal in order because then Sounds you're like investing. a challenge. Well, then in that case, you're investing for the deal as opposed to for the property market. Yes. Look, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And tell you, if you are looking to expand your portfolio, then you might like to come and see us for a portfolio planning session. I'll tell you what, I won't chew your ear off about it now. I've already done enough of that today. Send us a text. Our number is 5522. Text us the word plan. We'll be in touch, see if it's the right fit. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 